startuprad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from Celebrate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the world's first internet radio station dedicated to startups and tech entrepreneurship called Startup.io. Radio. Today, I would like to welcome Johanna as the winner of the German Startup Awards for Female Newcomer of the Year 2022. Welcome and congratulations. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. Totally my pleasure. Um, we might add that the, this podcast is in partnership with the German Startup Association, obviously, and the German Startup Awards. As we did last year already, we are bringing you several winners of the hashtag GSA22. And here is another awesome example. Also, this interview is brought to you by StartupRaven.com, the most intuitive and easiest way to find cooperation partners and investors. So now that we got through this, you are the COO and co-founder of Traceless Materials based in Hamburg. When I looked through a little bit uh, before the interview, I was wondering, would you guys consider yourself a green startup, a sustainable startup, or an impact startup? <laughs> All of the above. So with Traceless, we are bringing a holistically sustainable alternative material to conventional plastics and bioplastics to the market. So sustainability and impact is definitely at the core of what we're doing because we our entire Traceless team are motivated by the impact that with our solution we can make on the issue of the global plastic pollution. And to make it really clear for everybody who tuned in here because they're true crime fans, Traceless does not refer to missing people, but that the material you use that could replace plastic is tracelessly recyclable. Not recyclable, but compostable. So actually, if mm. products made from our material end up in the environment, such as up to 40% of all plastic waste does today, then it completely composts there without leaving any trace. Traceless. That means uh, if, if you get a compost in your garden, you can basically use this material and instead of throwing it into the bin, you can throw it on there and... What's the time frame for like completely to disintegrate? Yeah, the material composts in a time span of two to ten weeks. That depends a little bit of its on its thickness, but then it's completely gone and has left no trace, no plastics, no microplastics behind. Hmm. Sounds pretty promising. Before we get into this material, um, I've seen you stuck to the M's because you studied in Münster and Madrid, including graduating with an MBA from IE Business School. You're also a psychologist and business major by training. And I was wondering, are you currently analyzing me? <laughs> um, no, I'm not. You get the question a lot as a psychologist. But actually, what I took from my psychology uh, studies is really how to work with people, because I specialize in work and organizational psychology, how to lead and grow and build teams, which is something that comes quite handy when it now comes to building a startup. We should get into that. Um, I've, I've been to Madrid in the past and um, I really love the churros con chocolate, which is also your favorite dish. 
<laughs> I'm uh, favoring more the the savory side of things. I'm really into tortilla, into tortilla de uh, patata. Um, so actually, you should go to Casadani in Madrid next time you're there and try their tortilla de patata. It's the best. Casadani, okay. Um, you have to provide me with a link afterwards so everybody can <laughs> check it out. Um. When looking through your CV post on LinkedIn, of course, as always, your LinkedIn profile will be linked on our blog post. Wherever you're listening to this or watching this, either check out medium.com forward slash startup rate minus IO or uh, click on the link if you see this on YouTube or listen to it on any kind of podcasting app there is a link to our medium blog and there are all the show notes including of course the link to your linkedin profile that's it you have been with a consulting company how did you end up there Good question. Actually, I started working with them as an intern as part of my psychology studies um, and then very quickly start, uh, got an offer for a contract to continue working with them after the internship. Um, and due to internal circumstances, very early on um, was giving a lot of responsibility um, for uh, first a project in Germany, then ultimately growing a team in Germany and the entire German business for that consulting. I would call them a startup at that point still as well, because when I started working there, we were 12 employees. And over the time span of the seven and a half years that I worked with them, growing the German market, also the entire company grew to 100 employees worldwide. And that is actually the expertise, growing both my own team, but also helping to scale the entire company's team um, with professionalizing the processes and uh, bringing in frameworks to organize work uh, um, between different countries and between different teams. That is the expertise that ultimately I took um, and apply now to, to our startup myself. Mm -hmm. And then I found a big break because from being a consultant, including to uh, German tax companies, uh, you became the COO of a SaaS company based in Malmö in Sweden in 2019. And I was wondering what happened there. Yeah, in between, exactly. I did my MBA at IE Business School. IE is very... Um focused on entrepreneurship, on startups, um, on building companies. And that idea stuck with me. Um, but uh, back then, I didn't have an idea myself of uh, building my own company. Um, so um, I decided to go into the startup world, understand and learn where I could apply my expertise in growing teams and growing companies best. Um, and I uh, learned to uh, got to know the uh, founder of um, that social impact startup in, in Malmö, Sweden, and became the COO with the idea to grow that company to um, run the first financing round. And then unfortunately, COVID hit and made it very hard for social impact startups to, to raise money. But at that point, I had already met my now co-founder, Anne, the inventor of the technology behind Traceless. But the startup pa Panion, Panion.com, is it still mm -hmm. around? 
They pivoted, we actually pivoted back then still at the onset of, of uh, Traceless to become a B2B um, um, uh, service. Um, and yes, um, latest news, I have heard that they, uh, the founder was trying to sell it. Um, honestly, I don't know yet if she uh, was successful there yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We will see. And okay, you've been in consulting doing lots and mm -hmm. lots of Excel sheets and PowerPoint. Then you came to um, software as a service, impact startup. And then you decided to go into physical products, replacing plastic. Uh, how did this happen? Yeah, so Anna and I met through the project together, an impact uh, incubator program in Berlin um, that matches people with great ideas and inventions as Anna had one, with people with business expertise, for example, as, as I have. And for over the time span of about six months, um, I mentored Anna in when she first started about thinking of um, founding a business based on her idea. And after the program, Anna said, yes, I will do this but I need help. I need somebody on my side who has that business expertise that is necessary. And when she asked me if I wanted to co-found with her, it, um, it took me very, very brief time to, to make my mind up and, and make the decision because, um, Through getting, getting to know Anna um, through this process and understanding really the huge opportunity behind Traceless, both from the impact that we can realize with this technology, but also, of course, the business opportunity, um, I, I was very easily convinced this product, this solution must come to market. Mm -hmm. And your co-founder, Anna, you already said, so it's an all ladies team, but she's a process engineer. Is that right? Yes. Anna is a process engineer who specialized in biorefinery and at the same time also co-founded the Cradle to Cradle Regional Group in Hamburg. And with these different backgrounds, on the one hand, the process engineering background specializing in biorefinery, and on the other hand, the Cradle to Cradle concept, she managed to develop and um, yeah, invent the traceless technology. But you got the award, right? In this case, I got the award. I actually don't know who and why I was nominated, um, but it takes a team actually to pull off an idea like Traceless. You said it's an all-female team. That's not true. Yes, Anna and I as founders, we are both women, um, but there is an entire team behind us and without them, it would not be possible. Mm, yeah, you just can't build a startup just by yourself. Um, Absolutely. Getting a little bit into Traceless. Um, I know this is wrong, but I read it in different blog posts about you and interviews so that it turns side products of food production into compostable plastic replacements. And that should include starch and fibers. But you said before we started interviewing, that is wrong. Tell us why. <laughs> it is actually true that we take residues of agricultural food processing but what we do not do is process or make a plastic out of them and that is very important because our material does not fall under the eu 
single-use plastics directive because it is not a plastic, but a biomaterial. And because it is a biomaterial, not a synthetically derived plastic, that is why it remains uh, or maintains that quality of being compostable in the environment. It is a purely natural material that composts like a leaf that falls from the tree um, in the time span of, as I said earlier, two to ten weeks, so very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. But uh, the bottom line is it's not a plastic, but you can replace this one-use plastic with it in, in some instances. Where would your product... Uh, by the way, what's the name of the product? Traceless Materials. Traceless Materials. It's a little bit confusing to have the Traceless Startup and the Traceless Materials, but we'll stick to Traceless <laughs> Materials. When can replace Traceless Materials one-time-use plastic. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, what is special about our biomaterial is that it can be processed on the existing machinery of the plastic converting industry. So they can use our granule as they are today using plastic or bioplastic granules and further processes into materials, into products for the consumer-facing goods industry. And we are, of course, mainly targeting products that can either easily end up in the environment or products that cannot be recycled. Um, and these are mainly packaging applications, but also many, many single-use products. What comes to mind for me would be like shampoo, uh, shampoo bottles, uh, soap bottles and stuff like this. Yes, but also your to-go coffee cup, your to-go mm. snack bar, um, the ice cream spoon or the fries fork that um, if you maybe eat it outside, sometimes they just fall on the floor and then might not get picked up. Uh -huh, I understand. And basically, if we're talking about a cup here for coffee, admittedly, I'm a big, big coffee fan. Um, the Same. question would be, is it only your material that you would need for this cup or would you need to combine it with other materials? Both is a potential, but um, you probably, as an avid coffee lover, uh, probably sometimes get your coffee to go as well. And then usually they come into in, in paper cups, right? Now, as a first association, as end consumers, we might think, oh, that's a paper cup. That's great. That's sustainable. But actually, we know that paper doesn't really have a great barrier to water. So all these paper cups are lined with plastic. They are coated with plastic so that the coffee stays inside. And our material can actually substitute that plastic coating, making the paper cup really or maintaining really the compostability of the paper and making the paper cup sustainable and at the same time usable to hold water or coffee or whatever else you might want to drink. Ah, I see. So basically, instead of bad plastic inside and more or less awesome um, paper on the outside, you can have traceless inside paper on the outside and we're all good. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and could you also make... Sorry, guys, uh, I, I'm taking a little detour, but my frequent listeners already know that. Um, could you also make the lid? out of your material, traceless material? Yes, of course. That could also be a possibility, yeah. Oh, so it's pretty interesting. Um, my understanding is right now you're producing this on small scale, and of course it's more expensive than um, plastic right now. Actually, in the beginning, um, the industry also 
did some experimentation with materials not from oil, but actually they stuck with the oil with the plastic because it was much cheaper. Um, do you see a future where you can scale the process sufficiently to make it as cheap or competitive with plastic? Or would you need to tweak and improve your process further? No, actually, we're working on that right now because the interest in the market from our existing customers is huge. And of course, to substitute plastic in entire product lines, we need a lot of our material. Um, we currently um, have a pilot production plant running with which we are producing sufficient material for first market pilots mm -hmm. that we're going to bring to market in the next month. But um, of course, ultimately, our customers are not interested in pilots. They want to substitute plastic on large scale. So we are actually currently starting our next financing round to big on, build our next bigger production facility, a small-scale industry plant. And at that scale, we will already be able to offer mater our materials price competitive to bioplastics. Mm -hmm. And on industrial production scale, we will be able to sell our material price competitive to virgin plastic. And that's when it becomes really interesting. Uh-huh. That, that, that would have been my next question, because when you said it becomes competitive to plastic, I could hear some of the investors listening, scrubbing <laughs> their feet on the floor. Where can I learn more? Uh, because we know more than uh, 40, 45% of our audience is listening for investment opportunities. Getting a little bit background here, you have publicly stated that you raised more than 28 million US dollars in funding from four investors, including the European Innovation Council and HTGF Hightech Grunafond. Of course, we have an interview with the, with the CEO of Hightech Grunafond. You can find down here in the show notes. Of this um, 2.8 million, 2.9 are actually from the European Union, from the Innovation Council. Um, I've, I've heard that is quite a competitive process, right? Yes, the EIC accelerator um, application is quite competitive. It is quite difficult. But of course, with what we are doing with Traceless, really offering a so solution to the global plastic pollution, this is exactly what the EU is looking for. And therefore, I believe we they were right to choose us and to help us to scale this solution. Um, what is the ultimately um, the the objective of the EIC accelerator to help technology innovations to really come to scale and being able um, to fulfill their promises. Mm -hmm. um, talking about a bigger production facility here, what do the people are, or the, the potential investors need to have in mind when we talk about a bigger production facility are we talking about an overseas container or are we talking about like an overseas container ship size <laughs> <laughs> um We're talking about a little under one hectare of uh, size of the plant so it is big it is big that next bigger plant um Really, to become competitive in the plastics industry, we need also to being able to offer um, amounts of material that can be competitive to to in the plastics industry, right? And so um, that is ultimately our goal, to really be competitive on industrial production scale to the plastics and bioplastics industry. 
Mm -hmm. A little cheat sheet for our US-based audience here. I know you hate metric system. Um, that is approximately 100,000 square feet, one hectare. It's it's exactly a little bit different. Of course, it's 107,639 square feet, but just say 100,000 square feet. And now you got an approximate idea what we're talking about here. So 10,000 feet by 10,000 feet, around that. I'm not so good with the metric system, but I completely believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Google told me. <laughs> um, um, now that we talked a little bit about, about that, what are you looking for in terms of um, total funding? When will when are you targeting to close your round? And what need investors to do in order to get in? I would assume go to our show notes, reach out to you on LinkedIn. Exactly. So we we just starting the round now. So if you want to get involved, be quick. That is my first uh, notion here. Um, yeah, we we're looking with this round to really finance the next bigger production plan. So we are looking for investors that can not only um, support us financially, but that also um, bring something else to the table that supports our business model, one of the pillars of our business model, and that could be either from the impact side. That could also be from the technological side, having um, um, experience with scaling up production processes with biotechnology, uh, with biorefinery, or, of course, from the market side, um, investors that have a big network in the consumer-facing goods industry or even better in the plastics and plastics converting industry. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. Of course, the next usual question is, I've seen you have... Around 20, 24 employees right now on LinkedIn. Are you guys currently hiring? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, yes, we are always looking for good talent. And probably the difficulty for you to find the right number is that we just hired a bunch of new people for the um, a couple of days ago as well. So yes, we're continuously growing and always looking for good talent uh, that is motivated and wants to join our team to solve global plastic pollution together with us. Usually the answer I always get is good coders. Um, I would assume you also need some people who are knowledgeable about agricultural products, process engineering, stuff like this, like really special specialists. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, we're not looking for coders. Sorry over there. Um, but really, uh, don't worry. For you're, you're the first startup in quite some time that is not looking for, for developers. Awesome. <laughs> So everybody else, we're looking uh, for exactly people with engineering backgrounds, people with uh, backgrounds in chemistry, polymer chemistry, uh, speci uh, specifically natural polymers, of course, um, product development. Um, so, yeah, um, have a look on our website. We always have the open job positions listed there. And of course, you'll share the links with us and we'll have it in the show notes again on our Medium blog. Johanna. That was basically everything I want to talk about with you. Thank you very much. Again, congratulations be becoming the female newcomer of the year 2022. And thank you very much for the German Startup Association for uh, hooking us up here. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the interview. It was fun, Joe. Totally my pleasure. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing 
is Carrie.